you not get excited when you open a show with the little tropic bombs, huh? How do you not get excited, huh? Block the Sun from my buddies in Tropic Bombs. I love that band. Love that song. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you, as always, alive and in the flesh and freaking cold. Cold. And I'm somebody that actually prefers to be cold than hot because my theory is when you're cold, you can always put on more layers, right? When you're super hot, and there's like no pool or like ocean or anything to jump in. It's just kind of miserable. You know what I mean? So it's been really, really cold here. Really, really, really cold here. And by cold, I mean 13.7 degrees in southeast Michigan where I'm living right now. Very cold. The The wind chill is minus one. It's like I, planes, trains, and automobiles, classic with Steve Martin and John Candy where they're sitting back in the truck and <laughs> – they're sitting in the back of that dude's truck, and you're like, how cold do you think it is outside? And he's like, one. And it was funny, but it's actually been like one degree here. It's been nuts. I think last night it was actually like negative 10. It's been crazy, although I'll take the cold over the snow. Last year we had record-breaking snow in northwest Ohio, and it was uh, it was nuts. It was really, really nuts. And this year we've, we've had some snow, but mainly just cold. So I, I will actually – I won't complain too much because – I can handle the cold more than I can the snow, but it is freaking cold. I'm supposed to go to Florida in uh, in a few weeks here, and I, I cannot wait because this weather is just – it's been blistering, man, blistering. But I'm a young guy. I can take it. I can take it. But anyway, enough about the weather. That's not why you listen to the show. This isn't a weather podcast. It's a music podcast, and I'm really excited about this week because it's featuring an interview with a member of a band that I got a chance to see – back in august of 2013 and that band is nothing more and that guy is bassist daniel oliver of nothing more really nice guy really really great group of guys really great band and anybody who knows anything about this band knows that in the last year and a half they've absolutely exploded uh they've they've played aftershock and rock on the range they just went on tour this past fall with five finger death punch and volbeat and hell yeah i mean these guys have just been they've been everywhere they've been everywhere and it's and it's really cool to see it happen to them uh because while i do not know these guys on a personal level i did get a chance to see them when they were on tour with seven dust in toledo as i just mentioned back in august of 2013 and when you're an opening band, and I've said it a few times on this podcast and, and in a few interviews um, with, with local bands and even even uh, national acts and stuff, any concert that you go to, and you guys know this, the, the opening band could be killing it and people are still kind of just like standing around like, ah, whatever, because most people are there to see whoever the headliner is. And I'm always one of those music nerds that loves to get to a show when it starts because I'm a fan of seeing opening bands. That's how I found out about Five Finger Death Punch when I saw Death Punch open up for Disturbed back in 2008 in Cincinnati at Bogarts, this old German theater that is now a concert venue through Live Nation. It's just this big old wooden floor, tiny balcony in the back, you know, the sound setup and the bars in the back. The merch was in the back, and then there's just this giant wooden floor. The bathrooms were, like, underneath the stage, like, in the basement. There was, like, standing water down there. I mean, I, I couldn't script it. And Five Finger Death Punch came on, 
and there was a little bit of buzz about them at that point but because uh, their song The Bleeding had been playing on the radio on Sirius XM had been getting a lot of rotation on satellite radio and uh, that was my only exposure to them at that point was, was The Bleeding and I had checked out a couple other things on YouTube about them before going to the show because I just get really geeked up about going to the show and they came on and blew me away i had never seen anybody do crowd control the way that ivan moody was able to control that crowd my buddy was in the balcony with his girlfriend because at the time she had like broke her foot or something and so she was on crutches so they were up in the balcony and me and my other buddy chad were down in the the pit basically on the floor and i looked at chad like before the show even started said dude we, we have to be either on the right side or the left side because if we're in the middle we have zero leverage, and it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be nuts. And it was. Five-finger death punch absolutely killed it. Ivan Moody got an old-school circle pit going. I think there's actually video of it on YouTube. I mean, there's tons of live stuff. But if you if you look up, like, five-finger death punch, Bogart, Cincinnati, any one of those keywords, and I, and I promise you, you'll find footage from that show – I mean, my buddy was, Dave was in the balcony, he was texting, he was like, dude, they just like carried a guy out who had like blood all over his face. And I mean, it was, it was insane. It was insane. But my point being that that's why I love to go to shows and watch the whole bill because you never know who you're going to see. Uh, Art of Dying was the very first band on that show out of Canada. Uh, they've since made some noise as well. I mean, so it's just it, it's always cool for me to go check out the opening bands because you never know who you're going to see. And like I said, that was my first exposure to Five Finger Death Punch in a venue where there was probably I don't know a couple thousand people, if that, just crammed in a hot, sweaty concert venue down in Cincinnati. The atmosphere is awesome. Ivan was really really cool me and my buddy chad met him after the show i I still remember this is how crazy my long-term memory is my short-term memory is absolutely for the birds but my long-term memory is great he was just standing back by the bar by the merch table after the concert i think there was like one security guy there but he was taking pictures with whoever wanted to take a picture with him was talking to us and i remember he signed my ticket he signed a ghost you know, for those of you who, who know a little bit about Ivan and before Five Finger Death Punch, there was Ghost Machine, which some really, really good stuff on that, too. Uh, really, really good stuff on that. But um, I remember I that was that show was the birth of earplugs for me because I didn't wear earplugs down there. And we were about maybe mm, maybe 30 feet from the stage. You know, and Disturbed killed it. They were awesome. All the bands, Art of Dying, Death Punch, and Disturbed were all awesome. It was an incredible show. But I wasn't wearing earplugs, and I was 30 feet from the stage roughly on, like, the right side. So just getting blasted. You know what I mean? Just absolutely blasted. So it's just a hot, sweaty mess. It had been raining down there. I think that's why some of the water was on the floor in the basement. You know, it was it was, it was was nuts. It was awesome. And me and my buddy Chad just went, went to the back and – we're like, hey, what's up, Ivan? And, you know, and I remember I, I went up to Ivan. He saw my ticket and he saw my shirt. I had my Metallica and Justice for All shirt on, which is my favorite Metallica album. And actually the Metallica lettering on it glows in the dark. It's pretty sweet. It's it's pretty cool. And actually the cool thing about it is on the back are the tour dates from one of the runs they did for that album. And one of the shows they played was in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. And that date is on the shirt from 1988 the year i was born it's pretty cool it's pretty cool if i must say but anyway 
he saw my shirt and he was like, he's like, dude, that's an awesome record. It's like one of my favorite Metallica records. I mean, even his voice, he's got like that deep voice, you know. He's like, that's and I was like, yeah, man, this is my favorite Metallica album. That's you know, it's awesome. I was like, your guys is set, dude. It was crazy. Like you guys were awesome, man. That was so awesome. He's like, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. And then he said something else, and I was standing right next to him, like literally right next to him, and he said something else. And their set combined with Disturbed set and Art of Dying was so loud that I didn't eat – like audibly, I, I was just like – like I, I had no idea what he said. So I just looked at him. I was kind of like, yeah, man. And he just kind of gave me this look like, like, all right. You know what I mean? Like, like he's like, this dude has no idea what I even just said. So I don't know. He Maybe he thought I was drunk or inebriated in some way. I wasn't. At that point in time, I was like 20. So there was no, no alcohol for me. But uh, – but anyway, I just told you that story, which was like six and a half minutes of your life you'll never get back, <laughs> just to illustrate how cool it is to go see bands and go to shows, you know, because I have some people in my circle who shall remain nameless uh, who are like, dude, I'm only I'm only going to see the the, the, the main act. I'm only, that's, that's all I'm here for. I'm only here. And I'm like, dude, that's stupid. There are so many good bands out there, and you never know – when you're getting an opportunity to see them in an intimate venue before they blow up and arena shows are awesome you know like listen i've I've been to i've been to arena shows i just got a chance to go to pearl jam in october at joe lewis they're one of my all-time top five favorite bands and they completed that for me like i got a chance to see the other four of my all-time favorite bands pearl jam was number five and i finally crossed that off the bucket list and i was like five rows from the floor it was incredible it was amazing so arena shows are awesome i've been to mayhem fest up at dte you know just a little little north of detroit you know it's it's awesome it's still great saw death punch lamb of god corn and rob zombie when they were like the top four build acts on that uh stretch back in 2010 my goodness time is flying so i love experiencing it in in all types of ways and shapes and forms but when you get a chance to see bands in an in an intimate venue that really is cool especially when it's before they they start to blow up not just because you can say like oh yeah i saw them before they blow up it's not just for bragging rights but just because the the experience is more intimate and it's it's very cool it's very cool and i think it's awesome that from from a distance it seems like death punch still has that connection with their fans uh very big military following you know the wrong side of heaven everything they're doing for the vets is freaking awesome and you know obviously like i said i don't know these dudes personally but big fan of their music and it seems like their fan interaction is is definitely still there even though they are one of the biggest you know drawing metal acts right now but i digress my point being i got a chance to see seven dust one of my top five favorite bands back in august of 2013 at headliners which is literally like five minutes down the street from where i live right now in toledo and the opening band for them was nothing more and i remember getting geeked up about the show going on twitter and facebook and clint lowry one of my all-time favorite guitarists for seven dust i was starstruck i i usually don't get starstruck starstruck they were doing a meet and greet at culture clash records a really cool record store here in toledo and i got a chance to meet the band and i was standing next to clint lowry I love his Hello Demons meet Skeleton stuff. 
the EP that's my favorite out of that stuff that he put out was Uncomfortable Silence. Completely forgot the name of it. And I don't get starstruck, but I'm like, I'm standing next to one of my favorite guitarists of all time. Seven Dust is, is notorious for just being great to their fans. They don't even call them their fans. They call them their friends because they, they just go way back with so many people. They, they have friends in every city they go to because they've been around forever and they're just really, really good dudes and they freaking kill it live. Kill it live. And I forgot the name of the Uncomfortable Silence EP when I was talking to Clint Lowry because I was like I, – I couldn't believe I was standing next to like my favorite guitarist of all time. And then I met Morgan and shook the hands of the dudes and I hope I didn't creep Morgan out. I, I took a picture with him and I and – because I, I, I said thank you to him like a 100 times because I did an interview with him like four years ago. And he was – to, to this day, it's one of my favorite conversations I've had with anybody. He was just really down to earth. He talked to me for like – like a half hour and just was like super 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 cool and uh so i thanked him like a hundred times over and and he looked really tired i mean they had just flown in from like st louis and had gotten into town literally i think like within an hour an hour and a half before they made that appearance at culture clash and then they played that night i mean the, the life that these guys lead in terms of the travel is it's just nuts it's so different from from average Joes like you and me who who get six to eight hours of sleep a night. Or if we don't get it, it's because we chose not to get it. Like these guys are flying, traveling, going to here, going to there. So I hope it I hope it didn't creep Morgan out. But he it was it was really awesome to meet those guys. But later that night got a chance to go to the show and got there early because I like seeing the opening bands. Illumira, really good local band from uh, this area. Check those guys out. They played and then nothing more went on and that was one of the first times I've been to a show where I saw an opening band really win over the crowd, um, and it didn't take very long for them. You know, I mean, they they put on an amazing live show. All the guys were awesome after the show. You know, talking to people. I mean, there there was a buzz. You could you could just feel it. And I remember before the show. You know, before I digressed and digressed again, as as you're probably getting aware of right now, I'm going all over the place. When I was looking up stuff about the show. Clint Lowry kept praising these guys and praising these guys. I was like, dude, these guys are going to be huge. You know, come see this show. And that's always cool. You know, when you have established bands like that that are really giving a lot of um, a lot of love to to the other bands that are on the bill, it's it just goes to show that there is a lot of camaraderie and heavy music, and it was really awesome. So I thought they were incredible, and then I tweeted like I had this picture of all the guys when they were playing the bass on the stage, which is something they do during their live show. If you ever get a chance to check out Nothing More, it's it's incredible, the stuff they do. Uh, the energy is there the entire time. The, the music is great. Um, and I'm not just saying that because they're featured on this podcast this week, you know, in my little corner of the world with this little thing I'm doing. You know what I mean? They're, they're legitimately awesome. and So I tweeted them, and, I, and then they retweeted you know my my picture and stuff and then they got back to me the guys from nothing more like mike that's so awesome thank you so much for coming out and i had sent them a couple direct messages about this podcast and about what i was doing and at that time i was still in online marketing so i had as you guys know i had taken a break from you know uh doing the podcast and writing and stuff but i had still kind of been doing some shows part and parcel and i just never had an opportunity you know to to do a podcast in that time frame you know and lo and behold in that time frame these guys have since blown up so i'm really glad that uh, we got the opportunity to circle back around and actually do uh, a, a podcast they played in detroit a few weeks ago and i had the opportunity 
to talk to Daniel and do a story in Toledo Free Press. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to ToledoFreePress.com and I'll also put a, a link up on the webpage at Bauman'sBreakdown.podbean.com if you want to check out the story. But Daniel was an incredibly nice guy. Shout out to Will and Natalie for setting this up. They were super cool. They got back to me right away, and Daniel couldn't have been a nicer dude. And it was really cool to hear not only more about Nothing More Story and the hard work that they put in to get to this point, because to a lot of people, they're a new band, but in reality, they've been around for like over a decade. They've worked really, really hard, and each one of these guys has battled through a lot of stuff to get here. And as a band, collectively, they've, they've just continued to work at it and believe in what they're doing, and it's and it's paying off. So... Without further ado, I am going to shut my mouth and give you my conversation with Daniel Oliver, the bassist of Nothing More. Here it is. Well, first, man, I just I just want to say thank you for uh, for taking the time. Uh, it's been it's been quite the uh, the couple of years for you guys now here in the last year and a half, two years or so. So I really I really appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and, and to get this thing started, like my first exposure to you guys actually was in Toledo, my, my hometown. It was like a year ago, August. I, I want to say it was August of 2013, and you guys opened for Seven Dust. And I remember yeah. actually, I, I think I tweeted you guys after that show saying something along the lines of that you had like melted my face, and I had a picture of you guys all playing the bass on stage, and... And I remember wanting to do to do something with you guys, and and last year I've moved like three times and switched jobs, and finally in the last couple of months have kind of gotten back to doing more of uh, this kind of stuff, which is what I really love to do. So so when I say thank you for your time, like I genuinely appreciate it because I, I really enjoyed your guys' set, and it's it's cool to finally do this. But um, yeah, great, thanks, man. Yeah, glad you uh, you know, glad this is your job as well, Matt. Too, that's really cool. Yeah, and, and 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 for you guys, um, I know you're you're new to to a lot of people within the last year and a half or so since things have kind of really really popped for you. But you guys have really been been at this for for quite a long time, and you guys have known each other for for quite some time. But just just what has this been like for you, um, knowing that with you guys living together and making music together and being buddies for a long time, just just seeing things unfold the way they have for you guys in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, man, it's been surreal. Uh, you know, we, we have been a band a long time, and we've, we've been a band that's just, like, you know, done everything we can to, uh, you know, for, to try to be all that we can see, whether it's on the musical front or the show or, you know, uh, just getting out there on our own and not letting anything stop us or slow us down kind of thing. And to, uh, I don't know, to go from that into where we are now is just, uh, it's, it's been kind of a dream come true, you know, like a lot of a lot of other, like, independent regional bands that we've all seen get signed and things like that always end up shelved or, uh, you know, they get dropped a year later and it turns into this heartbreaking experience. But for us, it seems it's just been the exact opposite. Like, uh, our management team is phenomenal and, you know, is as passionate and forward-thinking as we are in the label. The label is the same, you know, it really, it just really feels like everybody's, like, on our side and at our level and pushing as hard as we are, and it's, uh, it's just been, it's been so cool to see, like, our efforts matched and even kind of leveraged into something, uh, much 
going going from kind of the you know building a fan base one by one uh, to something like this has just been so cool, just very rewarding and very like it just really makes the the past years the struggle like totally worth it. Yeah, and, and I, I I've been kind of following it as you guys have have gone along since I saw you um, since I saw you open for Seven Dust, and uh, I think at the time that I that I initially got in touch on on Twitter, there was something around like maybe four thousand, and I don't even know what the number is now. And I think your Facebook was kind of the same, and Facebook it's like sixty six thousand plus likes or something, and that was just like a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, and it's, it's like that seven of shows. Uh, I don't know the, the experiences like that were super monumental for us, and like the push from even you know like Brent Lowry seven does. He was the guy that got us that show and the stream shows we got to do with them. Like just from you know, uh, like for the morale of the band to have somebody like that behind us pushing us. Uh, just like spoke volumes to us and about like who they are as a group and uh, you know it, it just really helped everything along the way so it was really really neat experience now and, and you guys um nothing more has been been a band for since like 2003 i i believe um from from my research but but you guys as far as being friends and and playing music together how how long has it been now um Let's see. I I met John in two thousand. Uh, I remember that that was my first time I ever played with him. He was in seventh grade, and I was in tenth grade. Uh, and I met Mark, the guitar player, about a year later. Um, and uh, our, our drummer Paul is kind of a recent addition since we had uh, Johnny was our original drummer, and we've had a bunch of lineup changes over the years. But yeah, it's been it's been a long time, <laughs> you know. So I've uh, just to say that I've been playing with these guys for, in some form or another, for 15 years is really, really nuts. <laughs> yeah, and and you guys have have really exemplified, I feel like, what it is to be a a DIY do it yourself band. I mean, I, I know that the touring, but way before you guys were with Seven Dust and Death Punch and, and all these bands, you guys were doing it on your own out of a van. And I know that you make. Um, the stuff even on stage, like a lot of the props and everything. So, so for these these last couple of years, has it almost been like um, a shock to the system to to see? I mean, obviously it's a, it's a dream come true, but I mean, there's no really real way to to prepare for anything until you actually do it. So once once you guys started to kind of see it develop, I mean, what what was what was that like? Uh, you know, given everything that you guys had been through to that point. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely say, uh, it, I mean, it was, you know, definitely a shock to the system. Uh, special, I mean, especially for me, like, for me, like, it, you know, historically, like, I did the vehicle maintenance and handled the funny and uh, a lot of, like, the logistical stuff. And to, like, and to be at a place now where, like, we're in a tour bus and there's a business manager and a tour manager, and, you know, before, like, we all had to always be so conscious of all of our own gear and like any any like mishaps on stage were like directly uh, tied to like us not taking care of our own stuff. But now to have like a team of people to help uh, look after everything and like make sure everything's in the proper place, it it uh 
definitely been an interesting transition, but um, what's cool though is I think it's, it's we're all finding our place in it. Like we're we are able to be more creative now all the time, and we do in a lot of ways uh, still really like keep with the DIY spirit. Like I don't think we have any plans on really hiring a producer to do our next record. Um, they'll probably be down in house with Johnny heading up, and you know just. Uh, just yesterday, you know, we were shooting a music video in L.A., and uh, Johnny was actually directing it, and I was out at the bus uh, running an extension cord off the generator welding us a new show idea that I'm trying to have done by the end of this tour. Um, so there's still, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been cool to, like, I guess, I guess streamline the thing, like, Get rid of the stuff we don't want to do, like fix a van, you know, on the side of the road or count the money, but to still, to like let that spirit still thrive uh, has been really neat. And really, like, we were so grassroots, you know, never expected to be a radio van. When we were writing and recording the record that Lesson 7 picked up, it was that same feeling, and I was like, we don't, we're not shooting for the radio, we're just like really shooting to make the best record we possibly can. And then when this time was chosen as a single, that was all of our favorite songs. But again, none of us were like, oh, that's a radio song that's going to do anything. Um, so that was that was totally wild to see that go to number one. Um, since we had no anticipation of even, you know, kind of building the business that way. Like, we thought we were a live band that would just do a bunch of touring and kind of start out that way. And uh, I don't know, it's just our whole, everything's just kind of been kissed on its head, but uh, if everything settles out, it's really a beautiful thing, I think. And we're all super happy to be where we are, and I uh, couldn't imagine anything having uh, worked out any better than it did. And I know you guys have all really, even before all this happened, you guys were all fully committed to this, like, full-blownsies, having watched a, a couple more interviews where you guys basically decided that if you are going to be a band, you weren't going to like college would have just been sort of a plan B that would have taken your focus away from the music. I mean, obviously when you're spending that much time together and you're living together and everything, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, but what, what really kept, kept everything going for so long? Because even, even having, having been around music just locally um, where I'm from, and there's a pretty decent music scene in, in the Midwest, especially in the Toledo Detroit area. There's a lot of really hardworking bands from, different genres across the board but you do see some talented bands even really talented bands that kind of come and go over the years for various reasons so for you guys what what really was the glue that kind of held this all together to even be able to get to this point and not throw in the towel yeah um i mean you know i think i think for everybody it was something different um slightly but i, I think at the end of the day like there was there was like still something about this that we loved that we just absolutely loved and couldn't imagine doing anything else and like we are in a fortunate position where you know for the most part like we all get along with each other extremely well and and enjoy each other's company you know there's no like supreme shows in the band or any outcasts or anything like that and you know I think like along the way all of us have kind of gotten inspired about our own our own like little things uh, that have that have been like that we've been able to add to the band. Like for me, it's been all the all the welding stuff and all the metal stuff and 
falling in love with that and seeing like it's like my creativity in that way and its direct effect on our music and show and stuff like that uh, was I don't know like that that's been really exciting for me and it's something that I want I never I don't know it, it made me fall in love even more uh, with being the band and you know there's some there's something like that for everybody in the band you know Johnny fell in love with production and become a producer and Mark you know is a guy now that uh, phenomenal songwriter and helps a lot of bands with their music and things like that and, and I don't know there, there's just always we started I guess so hardcore uh, that our minds never really drifted from the point too far you know and we we always tried to like it was a really we had a really good show you know like I don't know, we, could, we didn't, like, relish in it in an ego way, but more in, like, a, like, this is proof that we can do it, you know? Like, there are people out there that like what we do, and, uh, and, and we love it, so let's just, let's keep it going, you know? Well, if that I, answers your question, I kind of went all over the place. But. No, it's, it's cool, I'm, I'm jumping around, too, so, so feel free, no, it's, it's fine, um, and in and, and the one thing that I that I found interesting from the get go too, like after I saw you guys uh with Seven Dust, um I, I love this set. You guys had your, your own thing going and I and I think it's interesting too where you guys are at now because there are so many bands out there who who do sound similar and obviously there's so much music out there now. Everybody has influences and you're always gonna be able to hear the influences, but as right. opposed to going more towards the middle, you know, and, and trying to find something maybe to latch onto, you guys, it, at least from watching that show, and you guys had one people over during your set, and and I'm and I'm sure as an opener, it's it seems like no matter who I see as an opening band, whether they're killing it or not, uh, it's it's very difficult to win people over because most of the people there are there for whoever the headliner is, and you guys were like making people's eyes go wide in Toledo and by the end of it I mean everybody was into it um and it's and it's interesting the position you're in now because it seems like especially with a lot of the bands that you're you guys have been touring with whether it was Seven Dust or Death Punch or now Periphery Woven War all of those bands have their own sound and I and I think that that's kind of cool about your guys's journey is that um part of it seems like part of what what is happening for you guys right now is the fact that you guys do have your own unique sound and 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 I feel like a lot of bands maybe look for the radio or they look for what's happening and think, "Ah, maybe we got to tweak it or we got to change it." But you guys seem to have just sort of stuck to your guns and and you know, even on the record there's there's a lot of the songs are very different, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, for us, for us, it's really, it's really been like an evolution. Like we've, it, it's not like every record we made sounds totally different, but they've all, they've all been like a, a stepping stone, you know, as we, as we've uh, grown as artists. And, like my dad's a musician, and one thing he told me all my life was how much songwriting was about maturation, not so much, you know, like a technical skill, like learning how to shred on a guitar and things like that. It's, it's about, it's about like this, uh, almost like a unquantifiable thing that, that just takes time, you know? And, um, and I don't know, I feel like that, that's been our path. Um, and it's been 
amazing one, you know. And as far as like our sound, I don't. It's really hard to understand what your band sounds like. It's kind of like trying to understand what your voice sounds like, I guess, yeah. coming out of your mouth. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool that people are digging it. Like I don't, <clears throat> I can't say that I know why. Um, but it's it's neat. It's neat to have given it this much time and to see that that it is something that's connecting um, with everybody. It's totally cool. And, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit too, so bear bear with me. But um, I don't know, I love it, I love it. I did, I did see, um, I did see an interview with you and Johnny where he had kind of mentioned that that for a while you were like a a whitewater or whitewater rafting guide, and were actually you had kind of stepped away from music for a little bit. Was was that kind of before um, you guys started touring and everything? I mean, if you don't just kind of to understand your yeah. journey a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. No, for me. Uh... Like, I knew the guys um, before I did that. Uh, and it was one of those things, like, I, I played with Johnny, and I was friends with Mark. Like, me and Johnny played in church bands and, like, a school band. And, uh, but at the time, I didn't really like music. I was playing. I actually lived in Nashville for a year, too, when I was 18. Uh, trying to go that way with music. And then, I don't know, like, it, it I just kind of went a little nuts, and <laughs> I, mean, I loved motorcycles. Like I loved like when I was eighteen, I thought I was going to pursue being a commercial pilot. Like I had my glider pilot license, so I, uh, you know, failed the medical for colorblindness. I uh, didn't didn't know you had to see red screen or differentiate to be a pilot. So, so I decided music, but I just like burned out of it really quick. I didn't like the community very much, at least in Nashville, and then. Moving back home, I was just kind of a hired gun for some country artists. And yeah, so I was just like, fuck it, you know, packed whatever I could on my motorcycle and rode it to Durango, Colorado, and lived in the woods. Like, just, I found online just, like, that you could go and audition to be a rat guy. I had no experience at all. <laughs> uh, when, yeah, I went and did that, got the gig, and really, like, for me, being around that community of people, uh, like really changed my life. Like it was, it was people of all ages. You know, it wasn't just people in college or, uh, or, you know, like young. I don't know. It was just, it was this diverse crowd that all were doing it, um, and all lived their life in like a very passionate way. And they let their passion for things, whether it's the river, you know, or the greater outdoors, like govern uh, everything else about their lives and. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, you know, like hearing all these stories from around the fire about people who, you know, spend uh, the summer in the U.S. and then do carpentry work during the fall and then jump to the, you know, south of the equator where it's summer there and you see rafting and things like that. Like, um, it's just, it's to me like I was an awesome example of a passionate lifestyle. When I came back to San Antonio, I was a guitar player. Uh, and... You know, I saw the stuff he was writing, and the band, before I joined him, was always, like, a super hardcore band. Like, every weekend they spent at each other, spending the night at each other's house, you know, doing band practice. And they were, like, just hardcore believers. And then when I joined, uh, I guess they just needed that, like, spark of, of you know, I was, like, high off the mountain experience. But it's like, guys, let's just, you know, let's just commit to it, to it, you know. There's nothing... There's no reason that we shouldn't. Like, we have this the perfect time in our lives to just go for it and not look back. You know, there's nothing 
the greatest fear you could ever have is regretting not pursuing this. And, you know, we were all in a place to, like, take that step, jump through that window, and that was it, you know? And every year since, uh, every year's just gotten better and better. I mean, I look back at it right when we started, we did some spares stage. But, you know, that ultimately led to the show we have now, and, you know, the songwriting then was, he was just young, you know, and it was wild, and, uh, but we've all given it the time and dedication to, to pursue it passionately, and I think that's, I don't know, I think that's the spirit that really speaks for everything that we do. Yeah, and I think that's important, too, because, um, you're you're not the first the first person that I've heard mentioned sort of like the the plan B route not really being the it's not the safe bet that you think and I I kind of have experienced it in 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 my own life and I've I've seen people like I'm a big it's always sunny Philadelphia fan and I I saw Charlie Day's yeah. graduation speech which was epic and he talked about what he went through to kind of get where he is and Jim Carrey and it, and it's just it's kind of amazing to to, to see, um, you know, wh- whatever you do to be successful at, you really just got to believe in it and commit to it. And while some some bands or some people might not ever get to the level that, like, you guys are at or they're at as entertainers, it, there's still something to be said for, like, being in the fight and and pursuing it and seeing what you can do with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, even if we never made it to this point, like, I would, I would never regret the journey. Like, it's been life-changing. Uh, and uh, I feel like it's, and kind of swimming up, upstream, if you will. Like, you can always just let go and go the other way. Like, everything, everything's laid out for you to do that. Society is. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's invaluable, I feel like. It, yeah, and, it, um, and it's funny, too, because, like, um, a lot of the influences, too, and that was, that was one of the first things I noticed about you guys as a band was... Uh, you you have guys like Stanley Kubrick and C.S. Lewis as as influences. A lot of bands will just have like you know whatever their favorite bands are that have influenced them. And you guys have a lot of like almost spiritual elements to it. And even every day on the Facebook page, there's a lot of like uplifting different messages. Um, how is a lot of that just come from sort of um, your time together and, and like living together and being on the road together and and having that sort of downtime away from the shows to just sort of to, to really to be out there and see different parts of the country and, and see different cultures and kind of absorb different ways of life to sort of be more open-minded? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, there, it's, it's kind of twofold. Like, it's a lot of that, and it, it's also a lot of, like, we did, at least like me, Mark, and Johnny, uh, we, we grew up in an extremely conservative house. Like, I went to a Christian school for 13 years. Uh, Johnny, Johnny was in and out of Christian school, you know, Mark, Mark was in him, but uh, all that's the church, you know, and it, it was, like, spirituality growing up was something that we took very seriously, or, you know, we latched onto it, you know, as kids, and and pursued it, and so it's been, like, a lot of it's just been the struggle, like, through adulthood, I guess, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, what we... I don't know, like, our mature thoughts on on spirituality and on the view of God and, like, taking, you know, like, seeing the flaws of the church, seeing the, the flaws in man and anything, like, and weighing, like, what for yourself is truth. Because, uh, like, truth is truth. Like, you can't be threatened. I think the, 
been, I guess, like the mentality we've had is, is we've, we've never, like, not to say, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to not see it, but we didn't, like, mature out of Christianity. But at some point, like, in our heads, anyway, like, there's, there's a point where you're, uh, ah, can't put it in words. Um, yeah, that's just been it, you know, and we've both us being of the same mindset, you know, like we've been able to really like sharpen each other and, and speak to each other, like with different, you know, just different interests, different mindsets, like three people growing up in the same situation. Well, like one time we were practicing in Mark's garage and I looked at his dad had like a million tools on the wall and this thought popped in my head, like, like, you ask any one of us, like, what tools they picked out were special. Like, all three of us would say something completely different, despite all, you know, serving the exact same thing. And, um, and I don't know, that's, like, been the invaluable experience, I think, uh, growing up so conservative and then just speaking something so real as the, as the band, like, together, is that we've all been able to, like, sharpen each other in different ways that we've never seen and like experienced different elements of everything and kind of put them together into their, into like its own idea, if you will, you know? Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but... No, it, it <laughs> does, it does. I kind of that one. It does, I mean, I, I grew up, um, I grew up Catholic and I'm, I'm still a firm, firm believer in God and I, I had a... I had a weird, rare tumor when I was like a senior in high school, and it wasn't life-threatening. It wasn't cancerous, but it was just it was like attached to my maxillary artery in my throat. And make a long story short, I started having really bad nosebleeds one day, and I had this crazy surgery. and And it was it for me. It just was kind of a wake-up call when I was like 17 at, at how short life is. And then I got older and went to college, and you start to meet different people and. So you, so I, I understand I, what you're trying to say as far as um, growing up with a certain set of um, moral code, if you will, and, and a certain structure. But but I think naturally a lot of people want to explore when they have that kind of structure. They kind of want to get out for themselves and explore what spirituality it is on their own, or what or what the truth is on their own. Yeah, yeah, totally. And really, I mean, I don't know a lot of like. The mentality of the church, like, is it was a huge influence in how we kind of like that, like took the vow of poverty together. It was it was like a moment of of like true belief, you know, and using the very principles like we've always learned and like actually applying that, like not not letting religion or there you know, these words just be dead, but actually like proving that there's life behind it, you know, and that there is strength in not doubting and that there is strength in like removing fear from your life and seeing things they actually are. So Well it it and for you guys, um my exposure to you was was a lot like kind of my exposure to Death Punch, who you ended up touring with, um, in that I, I, when I saw Death Punch back in 08, they were opening, they were starting to make some noise, and I started to hear them on, on uh, Sirius XM, and they opened for Disturbed, and uh, their set was ridiculous. I mean, I had never seen anybody crowd control the way Ivan did. 
people were were uh, my buddy was in the balcony with his girlfriend and she had like hurt her leg so they had to sit up there um prior to going to the show she didn't hurt her leg at the show so me and my buddy were on the floor and then and then they were up in the balcony he was like dude there was a guy that was getting carried out who had like a bloody nose like i can't believe you guys survived being on the floor like that and they had a similar journey kind of to you guys in that you know they really kind of had their 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 noses to the grindstone so to speak and and had their foot to the pavement and really just toured and toured and toured and toured before things started to break for them and those guys from what i understand wanted you on on tour with them and seven dust even before i had seen you guys that night in toledo open for them they had clint had really awesome things to say about you guys and as a band they they said you know keep an eye on nothing more so i guess my question is kind of like twofold uh, obviously that's awesome when you have bands as established as them give you such great praise um but being on tour with both of them what did what did you sort of learn just from watching them and how they go about their business i mean obviously seven dust is a band that's really known for their live set and i would say death punch now for sure is known for for their live performance what did you glean from from just being around those guys yeah uh that's that's a hard question i think um I don't know. I guess. I guess for me, like personally, is just kind of like they were. They were just like great encouragement to focus on like trying to be the best that possibly can every day. Like, like no matter what, like those guys, every day, like they kill it, and they're all yeah, sweethearts. It's just the nicest people ever. And um, I don't know. And you see, like, what years of persistence. <clears throat> can do, you know, in the rock world and it's really it's really inspirational and it's cool to cool to be around them and see that they're they don't think that they're different than anybody else. They just they just honestly love it and are badass and, and keep it up. So um so I, I don't know. I guess that's kinda of what I learned is just that like the groove I'm entering now is like the groove that it will be probably for the rest of my career and and it and it can be as simple as just you know, I don't have to be the best at anything. I just have to be the best that I know that I can and uh and and everything will be alright. <laughs> and and for signing to um to seven eleven, um how what what led to sort of um to sort of signing with them as as a label and 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 what they what they had to offer because at, to that point you guys had done really well as far as just being an independent band um but i you know obviously the structure i'm sure of having a label as you mentioned earlier about having people who can now help you with with all of sort of the other stuff away from the music and the live performance end of it is is awesome but um what led to to that at that point in your guys's career, and, and what what was it about eleven seven that made you guys say, "Hey, we 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 really want to be on your team"? Yeah, um, you know, really, it was it was just kind of time. Like as hard as we'd worked as an independent band, and it's like driven we were, they, like in the beginning, especially to be a band that doesn't need a label that can handle everything on their own. Uh, I don't know. Like at that point, it was it was obvious that we did need outside help like we did need a label to push to push into that next world um and you know by the time 
it was kind of like perfect timing is by the time I think we knew that uh, was when kind of everything exploded at that Aftershock Festival and we ended up, you know, having like four or five different label offers at the same time and really the thing that sold us on 11.7 was their, just our straight up passion. Again, we had the, like Alan Kovacs, a very powerful dude and, you know, we had him on the phone whenever we wanted to, to talk to us about you know, their company and like what he wanted to do and what his vision was. And, uh, and the, like with everyone we met there, there was just like 11 seven has been known as this label. That's kind of, uh, revived the careers of older bands, but their vision now is to, to actually just like break a band from the ground up. And, you know, you could see it in their eyes, you know, and to, to be involved in a very large, label that was still owned by a guy, you know, rather than uh, shareholders like, you know, like we Atlantic was like the number two, you know, signing for Roadrunner and meeting with them, there's just, there were was, there was some really amazing people there, but, but everything was just so lackluster that it, it was pretty obvious to us which direction we wanted to go. Well, in the music, I think, too, um, for you guys, I got to imagine at, at this stage, too, um, because cause the self-title, was that number five in terms of record for you guys? The the one that just came out um, within the last year? Yeah. Years? It's, well, it's, it's our fourth full length, and then there were, I think, three EPs that we released in, in the middle of different things so yeah there's this we've done a lot of recording for sure <laughs> i i gotta imagine the the creative um especially especially the self-titled because um, when i when i listened to that after um after i had seen you guys i mean the 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 biggest thing that stood out to me was how personal it was i mean with like jenny and god went north and I mean, even songs that were like like first punch. Uh, I mean, it, it, all of it was was very very like personal uh, when I when I listened to it and and creatively um, from ocean floor kind of leading into um, this is the time ballast and there were sort of those interlude moments. There there was a lot going on. So with with eleven seven um, creatively going forward, do you guys still kind of have like that open sort of an open book as far as what you want to do with the next record? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think like this one has really set a precedent, and um, the fact that like we created it on our own, and they didn't change anything about it. Like they didn't change the artwork um, or anything track listing. They didn't want us to write another song for it or take anything off. Uh, I don't know, we're, we're really not worried about um, the future with them. Like, they, they're they into the creativity and, like, everyone from the label to our management company, like, they, they push us to be more creative every day. Like, that's what they want, you know. Uh, they're, they don't want us going down uh, any sort of traditional role by any means. Like, they think that the path we're on is... Uh, is the path we're supposed to be on and the path that's going to make things work. So it's a, it's a really, really neat experience to, to have like that security too. And in, in the people that you know, historically have ruined bands or watered down bands or something like that, but um, doesn't seem like we do. So we'll see with the next record, but I think we'll, 
have you guys had a chance in the midst of of all the touring that you're doing and even coming up i know you've got um Soundwave, which which i'm sure is probably going to be amazing and then going to the uk with hailstorm and wilson and now being on the road with periphery and woven war i mean is it um creatively have you had much time in, in the midst of all this to to start working on some stuff or brainstorming some ideas for the new material uh, collectively, not a ton. Like, we have, we have some songs that we've written as a whole. Like, I think every, everybody's kind of been doing some cataloging on their own of, you know, musical ideas and lyrical ideas. And um, that's kind of the writing process anyway, is usually just people bringing up things that they kind of thought of on their own, and then we collaborate kind of deal. So, uh, yeah, it it's not going to get... We're not going to get super heavy in the writing until this touring cycle's done, um, but we're definitely starting it, especially now that we're in a bus and have a lot more room to stretch out and actually be creative while we travel. Um, I definitely think there'll be some writing happening for sure. And uh, just just a couple more things before I let you go, Daniel. Thanks again so much, man, for, for being gracious with your time. I really appreciate it. The, one of the first things I noticed about you guys that when I when I saw you live was it seemed like have and I, at that point I didn't I didn't know anything about you guys at all was, was that it seemed like you guys had played together for a long time in terms of the chemistry and then when you when you brought out um, when Johnny was playing the drums and then all you guys started playing the bass um, it was very different i hadn't seen anything like that before and my first thought was man i wonder if some of these guys were like in high school band or or uh if, if any of them had any experience with that it, but the evolution of of the live show i mean is that is that constantly an evolving process and then the second part of that was what what is that like when when you got on that tour with uh death punch for your guys's first arena tour from what i understand what was it like to be able to take what you guys were doing on on like a club level and and then take it to arenas like that yeah yeah um yeah i mean the live show is definitely something um that we're always evolving like it's it's a slow evolution because uh, like all the all the stuff on stage is custom made like i was saying and um you know with the with the next big U.S. headline tour, we should be introducing a new element, uh, something that I don't think anybody's ever seen before um, that we're all super stoked about. And I don't know, you know, it's one of those things, like, when we started, um, we knew we weren't just, or one thing we told ourselves like, was that we weren't just entering the music business, but the entertainment industry on the whole. And um, I don't know, like, it, writing the show stuff just been something that we've all enjoyed and it, it's something that I think the crowd enjoys and really helps them get into our spirit quicker, you know, uh, if you will. But yeah, and then the, the Death Punch tour, yeah, I don't know, it was, it was an epic tour, you know, like we played festivals for which are large venues, if you will, but um, it was, being in an arena was wild. You know, I remember the first, the first show in Salt Lake, you know, we're, we sound checked and then we go backstage and then uh, you know we're in a big hockey arena so we're just like in the bowels of this massive concrete structure and <laughs> then it's time to play you know like we all uh, like huddle up do our little pre-show Bill Brasky uh, chant and then uh, <laughs> you know I remember 
us being in a line and walking to the stage, you know, we come out behind it and just seeing like the arena dark except for stage lights and smoke and there just being like a, a rumble of thousands of people that, you know, we can barely see kind of thing. Uh, it was it was phenomenal, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I personally prefer club shows just because it, I don't know, it's just a more intimate, like hot, like you, you really feel the people in the club, you know, whereas an arena, it, it's almost like we're actors on a TV screen or something. There is like this separation between the crowd that you can feel a little bit more uh, just from being farther away from them. But uh, that, that's what was, was a phenomenal thing, you know, to even if there was a slight separation from the crowd on stage that we felt like every day we did a meet and greet um, after Hell Yeah played and yeah, there would be 300, 400 people just in line to shake our hands and get an autograph poster. And that that was that was super cool to see people, you know, leaving their spots in the pit and coming out just to meet us and say hello. So it was a, it, that whole tour was an amazing experience for sure. And when you guys, um, you've got uh, you've got Soundwave coming up and then, then the Hailstorm and, and Wilson tour and... Um, and I, and I hope you have fun with those guys, and I think you will because um, those guys are all about like having a good time, and they're incredible musicians. So um, they they actually played in Toledo a number of times and uh, have really have really worked their butts off too. Um, so I'm sure that'll be a great time for you guys. But um, do you is San Antonio still home base? Like, do you got are you guys when, when it comes time for the for the new material? Or is that where you'll go back to like the house and and keep recording and doing your thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, our, our drummer lives in New Orleans, but um, he he was in San Antonio for a couple of years, um, and then once we started touring, he moved home base back. Um, but yeah, it's all San Antonio's home for sure. It's the home of the band and. Um, we're kind of our epicenter, so I don't. I don't think that's ever going to move. If it moved, it moved right down the street to Austin, probably. But <laughs> yeah, nothing crazy though. Well, Daniel, this has been this has been a lot of fun, man. Uh, it's it's been really cool to see to see you guys just be able to do your thing and get it to the level that it's at now, um, and to, to see to see bands and musicians who really love it be rewarded after all the hard work that they put in is really cool. So um, it's it's been awesome. The, the last thing I want to ask you is what you're listening to right now because. My tastes change all the time, and I'm always looking for new stuff. So I, I always appreciate it when uh, when I can maybe get into some new stuff that I haven't checked out before. Yeah, totally. Um, man, I'm actually the worst person to ask about that. Uh, <laughs> only, only because whenever we're on the road, like we're around music so much that in in my downtime, like I really like don't listen to anything. Um, but the last band I got into that I really loved was Royal Blood and also uh, Band of Skulls. Both their newest records were phenomenal. All right. Well, that's that's that sounds good to me. Well, if if you do check out some stuff, I I would recommend I would recommend Monstro, and I'm also going to plug a local band uh, from from my area that is uh, really talented called Tropic Bombs, which they have a a ridiculous name where they basically just kind of put together a bunch of crazy tropical words and sort of 
mashed up hip hop and funk and reggae and rock and roll and uh are really good dudes and really talented so so if you if you do uh want to check out some new stuff every now and again check out uh, tropic bombs and monstro i really like both of those bands yeah for sure man thank you so much for the interview i greatly appreciate it All righty dighty, there you have it. That was Daniel Oliver, the bassist for Nothing More. Make sure you check out those guys online at nothingmore.net. You can also check them out on Facebook. They've got a really cool tour overseas that starts pretty soon here in March with Wilson and Hailstorm. Wilson had a chance to talk to Chad Nicefield couple years ago on this podcast and do a story when they came to Toledo really really good dudes just a lot of fun and really really talented I think they just did ship rocked so for those of you in the in Europe and the UK where they're going to be doing those dates I mean go check them out go to nothingmore.net I'm blessed to have some of you listening to the show who are from overseas and are in Europe and the UK so go to nothingmore.net and check out those shows that they're going to be doing with Hailstorm and Wilson and get there early and see everybody because all three of those bands freaking kill it. So do it. Do it. Do it now. Um, That was a really weak Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Not one of my finest impressions. But they are doing that tour and then they've got the We Are Not Machines tour that's going to be, I believe, in April. Those dates are going to start with Islander, uh, who's in, who's like my favorite new band. I'm really hoping that uh, I can do something with those guys because uh, their album, Violence and Destruction, is is really awesome. But uh, but yeah, man, um, so excited to to have been able to circle back around with the Nothing More guys. And thanks again, big thanks. I don't know if they're ever going to check this out, but if they do, I want to make sure they know that I really appreciate uh, their support and their help in putting this thing together for the Free Press story for Toledo Free Press and for this podcast for Will and Natalie. Thank you so much, you guys, for setting this up. And uh, thank you to Daniel. You know, if you ever check this out, Daniel, thank you very, very much, man. You are a very kind dude. I appreciate the time. You were super cordial. We talked for a while about a lot of stuff, and I, I could not be more thankful that you were kind enough to give me that much of your time that day. So thank you very much, Daniel. And thank you to Nothing More, man. I, I You know, it's it's really cool to me in whatever path you take in life, when you see people that are really passionate about what they do and they really believe in what they do and they just keep at it. You know, I, I feel like in my own life I'm experiencing that right now with this stuff. You know, it's I have to get over the fear of the unknown and to try to get where I want to go. And it is tough sometimes. And it's really inspiring to see bands like Nothing More who – you know, in their own lives could have gone different directions and could have gone a safer route or what many of us would believe to be the safer route, whether that's college or just trying to find a nine to five or whatever. And they put everything they had into their music and into their vision for this band, toured and toured and toured and toured. They went from a rickety old RV to a really nice, you know, cozy tour bus that they're in now. Um, these guys have worked incredibly hard to get where they are and it all goes back to believing in what you do and believing in what you're about and loving what you do so it's you know really really awesome to see a group of what seems like just really good dudes uh, who are making music that really touches people and it's it's stuff that uh, 
some of it was hard to, to write about, I'm sure, for them. But the record's killing it. They signed with 11.7. They've got label representation now, and it's it's really awesome. It's really it's really awesome to see these guys get to where they go. I remember kicking myself after that show to not buy a physical copy of the album while I was there. Like a week later, I don't even know if it was a week later, I went on their website when they were still independent and, and purchased it digitally and was just jamming out to it and showing it to my buddy Chad. And I was like, dude, Chad, check this out, you know on Sundays going over to to meet my bro Brandon and watch him football my brother he's not my bro okay he's my brother bro for short for brother <laughs> I'm so self-conscious um and and we we would be listening to in the car I'm like dude Chad isn't it and he's like dude this is good stuff so so really you know I'm 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 really happy that um it all worked out that uh I am now writing again and doing podcasts again and these guys toured and came through Detroit. Did not get an opportunity to go to the show, unfortunately. I was working. But it was cool to uh, get the opportunity, nonetheless, to talk to Daniel and do a story on these guys. And just get to know them a little bit more on a personal level. So thank you again, Daniel. Thank you again, Will. Thank you again, Natalie. You guys are all awesome. And I, I couldn't be happier to see what's going on with this band. So check them out once again. Nothingmore.net. You can also go follow them on Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash nothing more if my memory serves me right. My, right now my internet is like super, super slow. So, of course, it's not loading as I'm recording. But I'm pretty sure it's facebook.com forward slash nothing more. If not, just go to your Facebook and search nothing more. You'll find them. Follow them on Facebook. Like their stuff. Really good dudes. And go go check out their their album. I mean the, the self-titled is, is awesome. I'm sure you guys have heard This Is The Time, Ballast. The new single that they have out right now, I believe, is Mr. MTV. Um, you know, I think they have another music video that they just did for Jenny. I mean, so there's there's a lot going on with those guys right now. So um, check them out, follow them, support them, and just support good music in general. Like I said, if you've got some good local shows in your town – and you've you've got some good promoters there. Go go out and see these kids, man. Go out and support these guys and girls who are just rocking it out. Because you never know, man. You never know. And and just and it's not just once again. It's not about saying, oh, I saw them before they broke. It's just the idea that you get to share that experience. You know, because as things get better or bigger, it does get harder to have those intimate connections with people. You know what I mean? And when you get a chance to see a band in a club and you go hang out at the merch booth and you talk to them and, you know, it's, it's just, it's cool. You know, it's kind of like back in the day when, when people go to record stores, you know what I mean? And we're fortunate here in, in my corner of the world in Toledo where I grew up, we've got a couple of really, really cool record stores here. And it's cool to just have that experience of going and looking for music and you start talking to people that are there and they're like, oh yeah, check this band out, check this band out. It's kind of the same thing when you go to concerts. You know, you get there, you see the opening bands, and, and, you, and, and maybe they play something that, that just really hits you at a visceral level, and you're like, wow, that was awesome. And then you talk to them, and then you get a chance to see them succeed and succeed and, and succeed, and, and it's and it just – it's cool because you will always have that experience. So I encourage all of you in whatever city you live in to go check out your local bands and go check out your local shows. And when there's national bands that come in – go see the opening acts because you never know who you're going to see you know that's once again how i got a chance to see nothing more it's how i got a chance to see death punch 
and it's it's awesome you know i had those experiences you know the first show i went to with my buddies down in cincinnati and we took a road trip down there and it's it's still to this day one of my one of my favorite trips we've taken two of my best friends in the whole world dave Nowak and chad zerniak got a chance to go down there to that show it was awesome you know and the nothing more seven dust show i just went to by myself and don't feel sorry for me don't shed a tear there's times when you know everybody you'd be like dudes seven dust they're coming and people will be like oh man i gotta do this or i gotta do this like oh, i'm tired i'm like come on man it's seven dust they're in our backyard and i went saw illumira saw nothing more saw seven dust and had a blasty blast and i actually ran into one of my friends at the show so justin p what's up justin so you know sometimes you just just go you know because i know people are like oh i don't want to you know go by myself dude some of the best shows i've seen are by myself actually dave and chad decided to go to a football game instead of coming and seeing kill switch engage when they played the alive or just breathing album in its entirety that is my favorite kill switch album and they played at the same place that i saw nothing more seven dust five minutes down the road i went by myself because i was like there's no way i'm missing this concert i'm not i'm not missing this concert and i got a chance to talk to mike d the bassist for kill switch super nice guy and did a story on it i mean it was it was really cool man so you know even if you go by yourself go by yourself don't don't pull that whole oh i don't want to be by myself dude you're not going to be by yourself you're going to be there with a bunch of other people who love music too and you never know who you're going to run into so in short i want to wrap it up once again i know i've said thank you a lot i know i repeat myself sometimes but that's just how i do things you guys okay love me or hate me that was weird wouldn't be me if it wasn't a little weird thanks again to daniel daniel i really appreciate it good luck on tour you and your bandmates you guys are killing it keep doing what you're doing and once again i can't thank will and natalie enough their pr people for helping set this thing up and getting back to me so that we could knock out a story which you can check out on toledofreepress.com i will put the link on bombsbreakdown.podbean.com and check out nothing more man Go to nothingmore.net, check out their tour dates. Like I said, for those of you who are in the Europe and the UK, that is going to be a really, really freaking fun time to go see Hailstorm with one of the greatest singers right now on the planet. Not, And I don't mean just female singers. I mean singers right now with Lizzie Hale. Incredible voice, and that band is incredible. Hailstorm, Wilson, who's out of the southeast Michigan area, really, really cool dudes chad nicefield their lead vocalist was the guy that i got to talk to a few years back when they were getting their full length ready to go so go check out wilson i think their wilson parties if you if you look up wilson parties you'll find you'll find them you'll find them if you just look up wilson parties and you'll find wilson because i know you know and he even joked about that on the, on the show they did with me and i'm not trying to name drop i'm not I, I hope i'm not coming off as like name droppy and i i know it might seem like that if you don't know me i'm not name dropping I'm just giving giving pub to some some nice people, but he joked about how Wilson is like you know very obscure, and if you type it into Google, you're going to get a bunch of million things. So Wilson parties, if you look that up, you'll find Wilson. So if you're in the Europe and UK, you got to go see that show with nothing more Wilson and Hailstorm, and then they'll be coming back to the states for the We Are Not Machines tour, which I think last year when nothing more did that, I think they were with Sleepwave, and I know Islander is going to be with them this year, so. I think that's going to be in April. So check check those dudes out too, man. Islander's really good. But nothingmore.net, facebook.com forward slash nothingmore. At least that's what I think. 
my internet still is giving me the green circle that it's connecting and it's the same page it's been on for like 15 minutes as i've been recording so anywho thank you you guys thank you for all the love and support from you guys too who check out the show every week or whenever you can i really appreciate it i'm not going to beg you to subscribe even though that would be cool but um really this whole thing as i always say and i know i repeat myself it's just birthed out of love for music and sharing more of the deets about these bands that I have the opportunity to converse with and, you know, get to know a little bit in my little 15, 20-minute, 30-minute conversations I have with these guys. And uh, I'm really, really happy that I got a chance to talk to Daniel from Nothing More because I really, really enjoyed their set when I saw them back in August. And my life at the time, my schedule with work, it just didn't allow for me to uh, to get a chance to, to do a podcast with them and, and to do a story on them. So I'm so glad that uh, we were able to circle back around and do this. You know, having watched their growth over the last year and a half, it's been really, really cool. Really, really cool. And remember, you can go to YouTube, type in Bauman's Breakdown, B-A-U-M-A-N is my last name. I am. Uh, I've been working really hard in February to get the past shows up on YouTube. So old shows with Mike D from Kill Switch, uh, Paulo Gregoletto from Trivium, Ray Luzier from Corn, Chad Nicefield from Wilson, um, Jared Cole from Surrender the Fall, my buddies in Tropic Bombs. I mean, there's there's a lot of really cool old shows on there beaver nelson's on there i mean there, there's there's it's and it's from all ends of the musical spectrum it's not just heavy stuff so um check it out on youtube if you're interested in seeing some of those past shows because uh there's some good stuff in there and i'm not saying that to toot my own horn i mean when i say good stuff i'm referring to the people i get to talk to really good people so check it out and uh check this show out on itunes too Bombers breakdown on itunes and just be good to people man just just be good to people. It's a new year. It's 2015. I'm on a positive kick right now. I'm trying to be positive, man. Life is short. Make the most of every day and be good to the people around you. And if you love a band, share their music with other people. Because you never know when you're going to see Five Finger Death Punch or nothing more in a club venue. And you'll always have that memory with your buddies. And your ears will ring for two days and you won't even care. Because you'll be like, dude, that was such an awesome show. So do it. Daniel Oliver of Nothing More. That's the show today. I'm going to wrap it up by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.